All right. I think we're going to jump right into it. I've done a countdown for every single one of these. So three, two, one, we're live. Here we go. With uh, Brother Ian Brown, after a few te- uh, technical difficulties on my end, I appreciate sure. patience. And sure. for those that are watching, thank you so much. We were just discussing off camera the importance of this Browns game. It may shape the uh, AFC, you know, the power picture and all of that. And uh, we don't know who's going to be uh, in the playoffs after the Chiefs and the Patriots. So, I've got to figure those things out, but uh, you know, let, let's uh, let's throw you an easy softball question right off the jump. Even though sure. we've never met in any capacity whatsoever, Wh- who's your team then? Oh, the Patriots. Good. You know what? So, and, and remind me, Nick is not a Patriots fan, correct? No, no. Nick White is an Eagles fan, which is disgusting. But you know, I, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to that I've kind of blocked that memory out from my interview with him. That's probably why I don't recall that. Terrible. I make yeah, fun that, all the time for it, but so so how he probably told me, but how did he become a, a, an Eagles fan? He's from Philly. Oh, uh, okay, from all right. Like South Philly or you know South New Jersey or something like that. I think mean, he's right, from guess, New Jersey, but I guess I can accept that. Well, w- well, I guess we have the uh, the better half of Revive Publications and all of that with us uh, here then. I, so I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, God might actually do something with, with the Northeast since you're up there. He um, might. Bless it. Who knows? We'll see. But, you, know, <laughs> pray, pray, you know. Right, right. So well, 50 to 100 words or however long you want to take. Tell us a little about who you are and uh, how you got to be where you're at. Uh, for those that, like myself, who don't know you at all. Uh, I'm Ian Brown. I am a church planner in Boston and uh, man, I don't know. I got, I got, I got I'm a first generation Christian kind of, it's a long story, but uh, I got saved in jail and called to preach and now we're out here and God's blessing. So that's Amen. one of the great things about long form communication is we have time for the long story. So if we could get into a little bit about what, what is that long story? You say first generation kind of what, what's the deal on that? Yeah, so you know my uh, my my grandparents my grandparents were born again Christians. My mom my mom was saved too, and okay. uh, you know, but uh, man, my parents my parents uh, I love my parents, you know, but they would uh, you know the devil just the devil doesn't want families in church. I'll say mm-hmm. that. And uh, before my parents got a divorce when I was young, uh, and before that, they did try to take us to church for a while. And, uh, I just remember, I remember riding to church and, uh, you know, my mom and dad would just be fighting and fighting with each other and get there. And so, uh, you know, they, they're, they ended up, their marriage just ended up not not working out. And, uh, I just, I don't, I just hate the devil, man. The devil just wants to destroy marriages. He wants to destroy homes. He wants, I mean, that's just, you know, and, uh, my, my brother and I ended up like just, just not being saved. And uh, so we went to church for a little while here and there, but I never remember going to church and feeling like anything like God was working in my heart or anything like that. Sure. And uh, so my brother, Aaron, who is a pastor, actually an hour south of Boston, my brother, Aaron, got saved. And uh, then he began to talk to me about the Lord. And uh, I ended up I ended up getting saved, you know, basically as weird as it sounds you know, he was telling me about the Lord and, you know, I believe that Jesus, I, you know, I, I don't know, a lot of people in America, we just believe, you go, yeah, you know, Jesus is God, you know, and, but, uh, uh, I had never actually called on Jesus to save me. I didn't really understand, like, you know, I guess I, I can't explain it. Like looking back on it, I'm like, how did I not understand it? But I just did, sure. you know, you're lost. The Bible says our gospel is hid. 
it is hid to them which are lost and whom the God yeah. of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. And so, you know, I, uh, I prayed, I prayed a prayer and I, I, I knew there was something different about my brother like just completely different. So I prayed and I said, God, if you're real, just show me, just show me who you are. If you are real. And I just meant it. I meant it. I, I said, God, if you're real, show me and uh, I'll, I'll follow you. Like I'll live for you. You know? And I just figured, I tell people this all the time too. You know, if, if, if there is a God and if he cares at all, if there's a heaven and hell, and if there is a God, and if one day you're going to stand before him, if he care, I, you know, I just, common sense, man. Common sense tells me that if there's a God, then if I pray and say, God, if you're up there, show me and I'll live for you. If I mean it, you know, I just believe that God would answer that. And there is a God. And by the way, in his Bible, and I guess I didn't know it at the time because I was lost, but you know, in his word, he goes, draw nine to me and I'll draw nine to you. And so, I mean, it's just common sense. So I just prayed and I said, God, if you're real, show me. A few days later, uh, I ended up getting arrested for just drugs and alcohol. I had a really long criminal rap sheet, I guess you could say. And I had a bunch of warrants off for my arrest. So I got arrested and I went to jail and I was in jail for a while. I just, I didn't, they didn't, weren't letting me go. But that week, that first week that I was locked up, they asked, they said, man, they go, there's, there's a church service if you want to go. And I thought, well, you know, I'm like, and he explained the gospel and I, I just knew right there. I knew I go, man, I'm going to, I'm going to die and go to hell. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, the only salvation testimony I know is my own. And I know every, everybody, ever since I've been saved, I've met so many people and they go, well, no, like, this is the only way. Look, I'm just telling you, man, I didn't get saved because I sat there and said that Jesus is so worthy and he's deserving. It wasn't, dude, I'll be honest with you, man, Micah. I knew I was going to die and go to hell and I just did not want to go to hell. And I believe that Jesus Christ is God and that he came back to life. I believe he died and came back to life. And uh, so he goes, he goes, you need to pray right now. Well, I was locked up with a bunch of dudes and I felt like I was going to cry. Like I felt like there was so much, I, I can't explain it. There was so much like just, and I felt like I was going to come apart. And so I told him, I go, I'm not going to pray right here. And, but he goes, look, he's like, look, you know, don't go to bed. Don't do this. He's like, you need to, you need to pray. And I went back to my jail cell and I knelt down next to my bunk and man, the best that I know how I called out to God and God saved me, Amen. you know, uh, Jesus saved me. And I, and I knew it like immediately when I called out to man, that was, I, I, I right now, even rethinking about it, I can remember just this like burden and this, and just just breaking and just calling out to God. And you know, like I said, you know, uh, later on after you get saved, everybody will tell you like, well, you know, did you did you do look, look, man? I knew that I was wicked. I knew I was going to die and go to hell. You know, I I know some people will say like, man, you got to turn from everything, dude. I knew I was sinful, but I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you, I didn't even know like nine out of ten sins that I was doing. <laughs> I, I remember the first year after getting saved. I mean, there was stuff. I'll say this: the first, the first time uh, that I was reading my Bible, and I really felt like God was like giving me a message. Not too long after I got saved, I was still in jail, and I just started reading my Bible. Like, and and nobody, because I didn't get saved there, I took a Bible with me. It was a New King James Bible, and right. uh, I just started reading it. And, you know, I didn't know anything about Bible version. I mean, nothing. You know, I just so I just started reading in Genesis. And I'm like, oh, wow, like, you know, Noah and Abraham. Like, I heard these names, but I didn't know anything about them. And so I'm reading. I'm like, this is amazing. And then I got to Exodus, and it's like the the, like the, the plagues. And I'm like, all these, I'm like, this is awesome. And then I got like halfway through Exodus, dude. And all of a sudden it gets into like all like the, 
and dude like x you know leviticus numbers i'm like whoa dude this is like this is getting a little heavy and i didn't understand what i was reading but i powered through it and uh, i got to isaiah and this was like maybe two weeks later i mean when you're in jail you don't have a lot to do so you can read the whole bible and uh, you know but uh i was reading in isaiah and Isaiah, it's, it's a prophecy about Christ. And I, honestly, you know, I've told people this before and they go, well, and some guys will get super technical and they'll go, well, that's not about you. No, I know it's about Christ, but look, I'm just saying the Bible's a living book. Sure. And I'm sitting there reading it and it's in Isaiah uh, 49. It's prophesying about Christ. Uh, but Isaiah says this about himself. He goes, I have spent my life for naught. Because I spent my life for nothing and I was 25 and I felt like, dude, like I have wasted my life with just mm. drugs and booze and, and, uh, but then God tells Isaiah, he says, I knew you in the womb. He says, before mm. I, before I even formed, he goes, I already knew you in the womb and I've called you. And I just felt like God was telling me that, you know, he has this plan for my life. And I, so I just, when I got out of jail, man, I quit my job. I quit my, I was working at Lexus. I was making a ton of money. I quit my job and I was already married at the time, you know, to my wife. My wife actually got saved a few months before I did because Whoa. of my brother and uh, because somebody invited us to church, hmm. you know, literally just an invite to church. Somebody said, hey, would you like to be my guest on Sunday? And we went to church and she went forward in an invitation. Uh, so she saved and then I got saved and I told her, her name's Fan, F-A-N. And I just, I'm like, I think that God wants, I'm like, I didn't know if it was to be a pastor, but I go, I think God wants us to quit like everything and just go to Northern Michigan and like go to Bible college. And, uh, she was, you know, she was all for it, man. I thank God for my wife. Amen. And Amen. honestly, you know, not to get off topic, but if it wasn't for my wife man, having a wife that just has your back and it's just like, Hey, look, like whatever, you know, this is what you think God wants us to do. Like, let's do it. And she's been that way literally since like day one of me being saved. And uh, I think that that's the biggest, apart from walking with the Lord and having the Holy Spirit, dude, that's the, the biggest thing that can help you in the ministry is, man, having having a godly wife. So. Absolutely. That's that's great story. And I, I think I, just doubling back on a few different concepts, you know, people, uh, get really iffy. If, like if you didn't get saved the same way I did, then you know we right. got to question yours. There's no question on mine, of course. We got to question yours though. And I, Pastor Molly was talking. We have this big uh, youth event coming up here in our area. We were talking to some of the altar workers in advance, uh, just preparing. And he, he pointed out that there's a lot of times now people don't don't understand in those things, and they need to be dealt with. Um, and, and understand where I'm not all about you know easy believism and stuff. But if someone sat through an hour you know preaching service. A lot of times, if they're coming down to get saved, where you know when did they get saved? When they pray the prayer, they probably got saved the moment they gave it over to God and stepped out of the pew and yeah. got in the aisle. They, right. they 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 surrendered at that point, and so we we get really iffy with those things. But when I mean, you know what happened with you, and uh, and you know it's not all experiential and, and those type of things. But right. I think people should be careful to to not discount someone else's yeah. testimony. And, and all of that but and what you said about your wife i, I can echo that it, it's and you, you know in in the years you've been saved seeing people in ministry that are hindered if not crippled by by not just i'm not, I'm not saying just their wife but by associations and there's no closer association than you have that you have than your wife and so you can really really and a plea to young people out there that are not married yet 
yeah. make the right decision the first time. It's so much easier to say to to figure it out now than to have to figure it out later on um, in divorce court. And so, uh, uh, please make the decision right now. So that gives a, a little bit of, of of your background and, and how you got to where you are. And because this is something I, I would guess is. I like to talk to people about what they're passionate about. And so obviously the power of God and God using you and those things are, are passions of yours, of course. And, and part of, I, I think you wanting God to use you is the fact that you got to see, you got to see that from the very beginning. So, so for those second and third generation Christians, it's going to be an odd question, but second and third generation Christians that are in a, you know, church where you know we do what we do kind of ritualistic here's what we do what would be your advice to someone that needs to just get a kick in the seat of the pants and get moving and say you know i i wasn't saved in a jail cell i wasn't this or that and 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 all that what would be your advice for that man i <laughs> i you know i i don't know i i'll say this when i was younger when i first got saved i didn't have a lot of grace for uh, like second and third generation Christians and especially like PKs, you know, sure. preacher kids who, right. you know, and, uh, but I, you know, the more that I've grown up, the more that I understand that man, you know, PKs second, third, dude, they all have different experiences and it's mm -hmm. the same devil. It's the mm -hmm. same real enemy. I just, I don't think we can like just pigeonhole a whole group sure. of people. And, well, sure. they just, you know, you know but, uh, you know, I don't know, man. Uh, it's, it's such a, it's, I think it's a hard question to answer. Sure. No. And um, we, we jumped from football and the Browns to straight into that. So I apologize for, for no, ramping it no, up right there, but no, in all, in all I seriousness, like, I like talking about, I like talking about all this stuff. You know, I, I would say this, uh, you know, for, 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 for me, man, you know, reading the Bible and mm -hmm. having just to walk with God and just realizing that it's just people aren't perfect and you're not going to find perfect people. And I think right. we can get past that, you know, uh, early on, maybe the first year or two, you know, the first year that I was saved, I really thought that like everybody who was a Christian was perfect. And then probably like years, like two to four, I really struggled with some stuff like, well, man, like, why does my church do this? And why does my pastor do this? And, mm -hmm. and, you know, brother, so-and-so is a deacon. And honestly, like he never, ever goes soul winning. Like there's no way this guy should be a deacon. You know what I mean? Like, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, the devil, the devil hems a lot of people up, I think in, in that six months to three or four year mark of Christianity For sure. and, uh, uh, man, but you know, the, you just, you, when you're reading the Bible, man, you're looking at God, you realize, man, I'm, I, I am never, I am never, ever, ever going to meet like that mark. Like I'm never right. going to be Jesus. I can never reach and attain to what he's done and who he is, although that's what I'm supposed to do. You know, and I think the more that you read the Bible, man, the more that it just, obviously it shows you who you are. It shows you who God is, but man, the word of God will just put a fire in your heart. You know, you think about, uh, uh, you think about Jeremiah, you know, Jeremiah wanted to quit. Jeremiah yeah. said, I'm just done. Like I am done preaching in Jeremiah chapter 20. He goes, look, nobody's listening to me. He goes, I'm not even going to preach about the Lord anymore. Nothing. But in Jeremiah ch uh, chapter 20, verse number nine, he says, but his word was in my heart as a burning fire. Shut up my bones. He goes, look at like the word of God was in my heart. And it was like this fire inside. Right. And he goes, and he says, he goes, he goes, and I was weary with forbearing, like talking about like holding back from talking about, it. he goes, and I just, he goes, I couldn't keep myself 
from talking about God and just being fired up. And I think in the New Testament, you see that in Luke's gospel, when uh, there's the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they're walking with the resurrected Christ. They don't even realize it's him. You know, and he sits there and, and he's like, goes, why are you guys so sad? I'm paraphrasing, obviously. It's Luke 24. You can go look it up if you want. But he goes, Jesus goes, why are you guys so sad? And they go, man, are you a stranger? Don't you know what they've done? I mean, don't you know? But they go, we thought that Jesus was, we thought it was him. We thought right. he was is going to fix everything and and then it says that jesus began like at moses and just began to uh uh talk to them and walk with them and explain to them and open the scriptures and everything that was concerning himself and uh so then you know they they they, they he's gonna leave and they they you know he comes with them and they eat together he, he disappears like as soon as their eyes open up and the very first thing they say to each other is they say this they say did not our hearts burn within us while he walked with us by the way and while he opened unto us like the scriptures and there's a there's a i don't know if i guess it's a doctrine because it is teaching but there is a doctrine man when when you get the word of god into your life it is going to light a fire inside of you i mean you can't help it and so you know um i don't know what it's like you know, I think teenagers are smart. I think young people are smart. I think moms and dads, we need to, we've got to be real with our kids. You, your kids don't need a plastic pastor and our churches don't need plastic leaders. They need people who are real and honest, uh, vulnerable. Uh, it's okay to be vulnerable sometimes. Now, listen, uh, as leaders, man, we need to live holy lives. And I'm not sitting there saying that I just, yeah, you know, I just want to be honest and vulnerable. I'm smoking cigarettes and drinking all, you know, that's not what I'm saying. Right. But being real, my kids, my daughter is nine. She's not dumb. She knows I'm sitting here preaching. I just preached Sunday morning about putting off the old man, putting on the new man. Well, my kids aren't stupid, man. If I if if that old man comes out, I can't sit there and go, well, you know what I mean, I gotta own that. I gotta take responsibility right. for even when I fall and be real with them. So our kids know, dude, don't be hypocritical. I think as parents, like, like just be honest, man. I'm messing up and I need God's grace just like you do. You know, but man, get a just fill your life with the word of God and let it set your heart on fire. It's awesome. The Bible's awesome. The Bible's awesome. So, Amen. Well, it reminds me uh, of, an, of a story illustration from the old uh, Lester Roloff days. He, talk, he was talking about um, I, I they were in some kind of civil suit or something, and uh, someone was questioning, "Why do you make these people? Why do you make these kids memorize all this scripture? They're never going to remember that those vast quantities." Well, it's like a sieve. You know, you you might not re- retain all of it, but you have a pretty clean sieve by the end of it. And sure. for us. Um, we think we have to become some kind of Bible theologians and scholars and all this, all this, we have to become, you know, just as good as the Bible translators to the King James, to be able to really understand and rest the scriptures. No, you just got to get into it. You got to start somewhere and you're exactly right. If we don't, if we don't get into it, you know, talking about power of God and reading uh, some of Leonard Ravenhill and things, man, I, I think there's a phrase in there, kick me in the gut, something along the lines of, um, any preacher that won't spend, I think it was two hours a day uh, praying and right. reading the Bible or something like that. Yeah. It, it basically isn't worth the powder to take to blow them up. And I was like, well, how, how worthy am I on most days? You know, that's, that's it, my absolute favorite Leonard Ravenhill quote. And yeah. uh, man, that that's the truth. If, yeah. if we can't, I mean, and I know that a lot of pastors are bivocational. Uh, I'm, you know, I work two jobs and you know, it's, that's, I, I get it. But honestly, it's weird. I feel like is, and I don't know what it was like in the 80s and 90s. I, I sure. don't know. But I know this. 
I feel like a lot of times, even myself, I'm guilty of this, man, I will like, you know, I'll try, I'll fly to the other side of the country or I'll go to this meeting here for all these fresh ideas. But I mean, I think we got to be honest. I'm just, and I know this is going to tick a lot of people off, but if, if you're a pastor, especially if you're the senior pastor, if you're not, we're supposed to be given to the word and prayer. If you're not right. praying for two hours a day, you know, I don't need to go to any meeting anywhere to learn some like idea to reach the, the idea to reach my community is to be sure. given to prayer and given to right. the Bible. Right. You know, that's, after that, you know, I, I work at a gym, so I'm a personal trainer for a lot of people. And, you know, it, it's we as people, we're always looking for a shortcut, right? We're always looking like, how can I put that cart before the horse? Right. And, you know, people are like, oh, they'll come to me and they'll go, you know, like this supplement here. Like if I spend $40 on this and I'll, and I'll say to them, I'll go, man, like, what are you sleeping like? They go, well, I sleep like four or five hours a night. And I go, dude, if you're not sleeping like seven, eight hours a night, you know, and you're then you're gonna go out and you're gonna spend forty dollars on this. I go, dude, I'm like you're stepping over hundred dollar bills to like pick up nickels, you right. know. And like we as people, we want like a shortcut. We want a hack to everything, and there's just not a hack for this stuff, you know. Right. I'm all right. for good ideas, but man, no, you're you're you're, you're, you're exactly right. And, and then then you get into it, and we can talk to the cows come home about you know deacons and assistant pastors and the roles and all the and all all that fun stuff but the the deacons were putting pastors uh grimaldi my my pastor i was just talking about deacons and and mentioning steven and some different things and his his thought uh, on sunday morning was why no power and we showed a little video of a you know funny little thing with a garden hose and at the end of it someone's holding the garden hose and who's you know who's kinking you know god's power who's keeping it out and um but the, the thought occurred to me, you, I mean, you mentioned we're supposed to be given a prayer and, and, and the word and all those things. There, there are, and you mentioned senior pastors, there should be an administration set up so that that can be your job. And, and like you said, you understand, the by vocation and all those things, sometimes you're burning the candle at both ends. I get that. But you're exactly right. We're, we're always about the methodologies and how we can, you know, like you said, hack, you know, the system, how yep. can we hack the culture, the society yep. when we got the hack a long time ago and it works better than anything else. Right. Uh, was it you or Nick that posted about needing more prayer meetings instead of preaching meetings? Oh, that, that, was, yeah, that, that was me. Like, two, what was it? And, and I got like, I, I got a lot of really good feedback about it. Actually so much so that like, I mean, I, I, you know, I probably shouldn't even say it, but I'm, I'm really praying about just having like a big prayer meeting. You know, I'm still, I'm waiting. I, you know, whatever. I shouldn't, yeah. I shouldn't be talking about it. Like until I know what God wants us to do. Sure. But I, I mean, I also got like, some feedback from where people were like, I, you know, I don't know. You, you anytime you post something on social media, you're going to get like good and bad feedback. Right. And you need to be able to take both of it. You know, it right. always, it blows my mind when somebody will say something publicly, but they don't want any sort of, like, dude, if you throw this out right. there, dude, you just right. threw it out there. Like, and it's open to the world, you know, whether right. it's, yeah. Well, the but, fact the fact that you said it was mostly positive, that must have been something was going right, because that's well, not yeah, the world, it's yeah. Twitter. You know, uh, a bunch, I, I had, I had so many people that, that, that just agreed. Uh, you know, I, I had some people that agreed, but you know, they kind of had like a negative spirit where they were like, that's right, man. Blah, blah, blah. And I, and I stopped that really quick. I go, no, 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 no. I'm like, that's not where we're going with this. You know, we're not right. getting down in the mud, you know, but I think it's true. You know, I think I, I mean, I love, I mean, I love big meetings, dude. And like, I love not being part of any camp. And I guess I, I said that like a few weeks ago and somebody's like, well, you are in a camp, like you're in like the Northeast guy camp or whatever. And 
I don't know, you know, I don't know about that. Uh, but I like going to different meetings, man. I, I like going to stuff. I, I went to a big meeting in July, uh, dude, and it, it changed my life. Like literally I, you know, I don't throw that out there. I mean, it, sure. I went to a big meeting at the end of July and it just totally changed. It, it, it helped my ministry, my marriage, it helped me be a better dad, you know, so I'm all for that. But sometimes, you know, you know, I, I just, it, it would be cool if we had a meeting where we could just pray. And the thing is, is somebody's going to go, well, you know, I'm in Kentucky and you're in Nevada and you're in Ohio right now. And I'm right. in Boston. You go, we can pray here. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just saying this, I would be willing to hop on a plane and go to San Diego. If there was a guy in San Diego saying, look, let's just have like a, a two day prayer meeting where right. it's like six to eight hours. And if you want to fast fast, but we're, we're not going to sit here. Like if you're hungry, well, we, you know, give me a list of hotels and food stuff. We can, but let's, what if just for two days, we all just went somewhere and just literally no matter what camp you're in, no matter whatever it is, what if we put all that aside and we just went somewhere and just fasted and prayed for just two days and just put, you know, and like I said, I know you can do it at home, but there's something special about just being together. Right. You know, and uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, I think a lot of the a lot of the little bickering and the little kid stuff that happens on social media, I think that would go away if you got face to face with some of these guys. Yes. Maybe you don't do ministry the same way. And we just got on our knees and prayed together. Right. You know, well, um, you're exactly right. I heard I remember hearing this as a young kid in church. Uh, I think a pa uh, one of the pastors said we were taking communion or something like that. And uh, he, he was harping on, and rightly so, if you have odd against your brother, you better get that right before you take, you know, sure. the, take take sure. take the juice and, and all that. And, and, he's, he, and we had the moment of prayer. He said, if you need to get up right now and go over to a brother you have a problem with here in church, yes. get it done now. Yeah. I'll give you plenty of time if you need to do that. And, and, and he said very specifically, it's really hard to be mad at someone you're praying with. That's really truth. difficult. And, and and it's also true that you know from a distance, it's really hard to be mad at someone you're praying for. And so, you know, some of these people have, you know, issues with ministry and, and you know, I have this little, you know, blog on my website. And I, for me, I, I'm also one, I very seldom post on uh, social media, just, just, just because, not because I have anything against it. I don't oftentimes have anything very good to say, but I, I was thinking, you know, how far gone would I have to be to really make this stupid little blog with like, you know, three readers, my platform to, to rail against other people, you know, I, I it just feels so such a waste of my time. I find it hard enough to sit down and really write something anyway. And so I have to be pretty ticked off to do that. But um, I think you're exactly right. I think two things. And I, I found I, I was talking to uh, number 33, Nate Shaver, missionary to Iceland. Yep. And um, I told him afterwards, a lot of thoughts I have that I had in previous episodes, I, I wouldn't voice, but I'm going, I don't know if you know, I'm going into, into evangelism as of the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm getting more and more to a place where I'm, I'm losing my filter, I think, uh, yeah. because <laughs> I, I don't really, I don't really care. Um, but two things, I think number one, we wouldn't know what to do with ourselves if we if we, if we had a prayer meeting like that because it's so foreign to so many people right. and number two i think a lot of christians wouldn't like it because they'd actually have to live like they're christians because if, if you had the holy spirit as close to you as as he's supposed to be there'd be a lot of stuff we have to cut out yeah. when we have to stop and I, I'm, I'm not listening to anything personal i just think there's a lot of things because I, I know in my life when i'm right with god yeah. i know how, how it is and so, but I think that's a phenomenal idea and going into evangelism here shortly. I think we should talk more about that and, um, we'll and be just, a part of it. 
think about this too, and I maybe not everybody can do it. I, you know, some people have health issues, but mm-hmm. you know, after for me at least, like when I'm fasting, after mm-hmm. you know, 24, 36 hours, certainly after three days, do my flesh is done. I mean, I've I, I gotta be. I mean, I'm not. I don't fast as much as I should, but I, I fast enough to know like. After a couple of days, dude, my flesh is in check, and I've like, even even on social media, I've noticed like I've been yeah I've been attacked before for you know just dumb, whatever dumb stuff right. you know, but I noticed that when I'm fasting, like eat, when I see things, I'm just your 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 flesh is not as strong. Like what right. if we knew like man, there's a prayer meeting coming, man. Like our 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 nation depends on it. And we just we, and we just told people like, look, why don't you fast for a couple of days coming into it? Why don't we get right. down here? And, you know, I've right. talked to a couple of guys about it. And one guy goes, he goes, you know, he's like, you'll never get you. He goes, you, he said this like right after I posted, he goes, you know, he goes, ah, how do you word it? Cause it was like a text. Uh, he, he goes, you're, he goes, you know, you're not going to get like a ton of people. It's not going to be like well attended. And, and honestly, I don't care if it's well attended. It doesn't, you know, but the, the right people would be there, you, you know, exactly. and I think that's, I think that's the thing. And uh, just well, the way it is, it, it, I, I, like, I just don't, I don't want to die. And, and I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to get old and just think that, you know, I, we never gave it our all or that we never did everything that we could. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to live like that. I don't want to live with regret in my life. And Absolutely. Uh, well, I, I think, and let's, let's be blunt again. And I, because I'm getting to a place where I care less about who, whose toes I step on. Not, I didn't really care before. It's just, um, we've been trying it this way for how many years and it's not working too great. Sure. Why not give it a go? I mean, it, it's pretty biblical, so maybe we should give it a try. And, and you're exactly right. You, you know, they don't invite everybody to be in a SEAL team. They have the right people. Right. The tip of the spear, it, it's it's very it's very small. Um, it's it's a cutting edge. You don't you know you don't invite all comers. Well, I mean, you would, I guess you can invite everybody can apply, but not you know. I, I was listening to a podcast uh for, about a, a, a buds you know uh um. Class, I don't know what class forty nine or something of buds, two hundred and twenty started, twenty two finished, right. ninety percent didn't make it. Yep. So I mean, you do what you do with what, what you can with what you got, and I, I think that's a phenomenal idea. Your so you've been you've been a pastor now for how long then? Um, I've been a senior pastor since 2013, 2014. Okay. Okay. And so you you predate Nick in that area then for for a little while then. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I I got saved. I, honestly, I always felt bad about it because I'm like I don't I don't know how I became a pastor. Like you know who, I don't know who it was that was like yeah let this guy lead us. You know, but, uh, <laughs> well maybe maybe, uh, was, maybe got, we just I God. So I guess it's okay, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I got saved in January of 2009. And I pretty much almost immediately went to Bible college, not immediately, but like that fall, fall of 2009, I went to college within like a couple of years, man, I was on staff at the church that I went to college at. Okay. Uh, I was like running all of our bus ministry and doing all that stuff. And I think it helped. I was a master mechanic before I got saved. So I, okay. you know, that, that opened up a lot of doors in like the, you know, fixing buses. But right. honestly, like right after I went to college, man, one of these bus, uh, the best soul owner I ever met in my life was a guy named Dave Denham. And uh, okay. Dave was about my age. And he just like, as soon as I got there, he goes, man, he's like, you know, have you ever done the bus ministry before? I didn't know what it was. And he goes, yeah, he's like, you got to check this out. And so he kind of took me under his wing and taught me how to go soul winning. And 
you know, I just really got into it. So I was really blessed in that regard. And then also my pastor, uh, John Jenkins is my pastor. He just invested a lot of like personal time into my life, you know? So I got to, I got to do a lot of stuff and I got to be around him and ask him a lot of questions. And I I think, I mean, I was just texting him today talking about stuff, man. I I thank God for, you know, my pastor, And, um, you know, so I think that that helped me, you know, within like four or five years, I don't know, man, you know, I, God's very gracious. I don't, you know, but next thing I know, I'm a, you know, a pastor of a church and. Amen. Hey, hey, like you said, I mean, God, God put you in it. So it's, it's gotta be the right move because it it was his move. So God's very gracious. I'll, (laughs) I'll say that. And God, God can work. God, you know, when I was a technician, uh, I remember that like kind of the joke was, you know, you can have the right tool for the job, but like a great, a great mechanic can do any job with almost any tool. Right. And right. I always think about God and I go, man, God, you must be, you must be a great mechanic. Like God, you must be a great builder. Cause it just blows my mind. He he can just do so much with so little. He just, he doesn't need us to do anything other than to just have faith and just be obedient. Like just, you, know, you think about, Hebrews chapter 11, man, it's, you know, by faith, Abel, this, you know, by faith, Noah, by faith, Abraham, by, and it's always by faith, a person's name, and then this awesome testament, this awesome story. And then later on in Hebrews, it goes on to tell us that Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. Hmm. You know, if you will come to Jesus and just say, here's my faith, here's my faith, and here's my life, then by faith, Micah, let Jesus write this amazing story right. and it's his story. It's his glory, but God is just very good and God can use anybody. So Amen. that's, I think that is my testimony. God, <laughs> God can use anybody. Look at me. Amen. So, <laughs> <I'm> so, <blessed. laughs> so how did you end up in the Northeast or what was that your old stomping grounds or, or how did that come to be? No, uh, no, I, I was, I was, uh, I was pastoring my very, the first church that I pastored was a little church. It was actually in North Dakota. Oh. And I don't remember how they even got a hold of me, but they needed a pastor. And it was uh, uh, out in North Dakota. And I went out there and uh, I was out there for a couple of years and just wasn't, you know, we, it, it was a good place for us to be. And we learned sure. a lot. I think there was a lot sure. of stuff that we had to learn right out the gate. You know, but uh, I just I'm not going to talk about it like, you know, a a public thing. But, you know, we we just got to a place where we just realized, man, you know, God, just this isn't, you know, this isn't where God wants us to be. And uh, my wife's from China. And I uh, I honestly just wanted to I just I just wanted to go to China. I was, you know, I want to go to China because there's a bunch of people that haven't heard. And uh, so I began to pray and fast about going to China and just, you know, technically I do have family there. My in-laws, you know, live in China so I can get like a really awesome visa that uh, you, you, like if God called you to China, you'd have like 30 days to get there and get all this before they kick you back out. And I go, man, this is just what God wants. And man, I prayed and fasted about it. And it was, it was fasting, you know, sometimes like a couple days to maybe like a week or two uh, on and off for about three, four months. And uh, God just made it clear. It wasn't where he wanted us to go, but there was still, I just, there was still something that wasn't right. I'm going, God, if you want me to stay where I'm at, then you just need to like fix this because there's my heart. There's just something I just knew. So uh, on March 1st of 2015, 
I, I just started fasting and I just, I just decided, well, I'm just not, I'm just literally not going to eat God until you, you know, just fix. I just need to know what you want. I fasted and on March 23rd in my Bible reading, God just made it clear that he wanted us to go to Boston. And so during those 23 days, uh, there was just a lot of stuff where like this would come up or like in, you know, some, I was talking to somebody and, and they go, man, they go, you know, America has got unreached people everywhere. So there was a lot of things going on during that three week time. But uh, I know that the night before on the 22nd day, I was looking at maps of Boston and I, cause I, I really thought, I go, this is where God wants us to go. And I'm looking at maps and home prices I just, I'll be honest with you, man. I just was, I'm like, this is impossible. Like, this has got to be, I had guys tell me, they go, man, that is the last place that you want to go. I was told by multiple people that either Seattle or Boston would be like the two hardest spots in our country to go because of how liberal it is and Mm -hmm. how like, you know, it's just that wealthy, liberal, educated. So on March 22nd, I was like kind of discouraged. I'm like, man, this is just going to be insanely hard. And the next day, I was reading my Bible in Joshua chapter 14 and, you know, Caleb tells Joshua in Joshua 14, 12, he says, now, therefore, give me this mountain or give me that mountain where the Lord spake in that day. And he tells me, he goes, you've heard how the Anakims were there and that the cities were great and fenced. And I read that and I go, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it's just, it's just way hard. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I have not been in the military, you know, but I've read the art of war and all that fun stuff. And I know that, you know, the, the, like rule number one of combat is you don't attack a well-fortified position. Like you just do not full on like attack, you know, I think that can help us in our personal lives too. You know, so you get somebody who is locked in on something yep. and you might need to flank them, flanking. right? You know what I mean? Flanking maneuver. But, uh, you know, I just, I read that and I'm like, dude, that's, that's Boston. But then he said, he goes, if so be the Lord be with us. He's like, then we will be able to take it. And I read that. And on March 23rd, 2015, I just knew I'm like, dude, I'm going to Boston. So sight unseen, I'd never been there before in my life, but we knew that's where we were going. And now we're here, you know? Amen. Amen. God's so awesome. 2015. And then, then when were you boots on the ground to uh, keep it with a military theme? Uh, boots on the ground uh, was November, 2017. Okay. And so what was it kind of a deputation or a or, or, or time frame yeah, before we, that? Or was that just the kind of the lead and all the things that had to fall into place? Yeah, no, we, we went on deputation. I long story short, and uh, actually Nick and I have a podcast that's coming out in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, not video stuff. Dude. You're you're like a pro with all the video <laughs> stuff. You're, yeah, yeah. You, you got to see behind the curtain. The Wizard of Oz is not right. so <laughs> technical, technically savvy. You got to see the technical but, difficulties. Uh, yeah, we actually have a podcast, the Church Planners Roundtable, that's going to be coming out uh, October 1st. And we've kind of discussed a lot of this stuff on there. Uh, you know, long story short, with deputation, I go, man, I go, I'll go work Toyota again. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work a job and I'm just going to go. And uh, uh, early on, uh, man, I was, I was in a meeting with actually Stan Blue, uh, and he, he was preaching. And he told me, he, and I said that to him, I go, yeah, I'm like, Brother Blue, I'm like, I think I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go work a job. And he goes, well, you know, he goes, here's the thing. He goes, every church is called to fulfill the Great Commission in the whole world. He goes, if every single missionary just goes, then how is any church going to fulfill the Great Commission, right? And I go, oh, I'm like, okay, you know, and so uh, so I started like, okay, I'm going to do deputation. So I started doing that. And early on in deputation, I would actually call guys 
And man, I would call guys and, and they, and especially actually, I know you're in Ohio. Uh, I'm from Michigan. I gotta be honest with you. I just hate Ohio, you know, passionately. I love one of my best friends. Jeremiah Young is from Ohio. Dude, Nick's in Ohio. I, I feel like God has put all these Buckeyes in my life to try me. So, uh, you know, but I was calling in Ohio uh, for support, man. And I had like two pastors in a row and they, they go, they go, you know, they go, if you really believe God, they go, you would just go. And dude, it was like a really discouraging day. I'm like, I'm sitting here. I'm like, dude, I'm homeschooling my kids in my Toyota Sequoia living like out of plastic totes on the road. And then somebody goes, you don't even trust God. And I'm just like, man, I'm like, I'm feeling, you know, so, uh, uh, I, I, I started fasting about it and I said, I'm like, you need to show me what you want me to do here. And, uh, I was reading like literally a, a day or two later. It was awesome, dude. I was reading a day or two later and, uh, da- well, same thing, daily Bible reading, like not hunting for the answer you want, just moving. Through. And, uh, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus. And the first time Jesus is fasting for 40 days and he goes, man, if, if you're the son of God, then make these stones bread. So he immediately tries to appeal like to his hunger. And he goes, yeah, but you don't live by bread alone. Immediately, Satan, the next two things Satan does, he twists the Bible. Like now Satan, you know, because Jesus goes, hey, look, there's more important things than bread. There's the word of God. So Satan goes, oh, okay, so you want to go that route. So then Satan jumps to the word of God and starts to twist it. The second thing he tempted with is he says this, he goes, if you're the son of God, he goes, then throw yourself off this temple. Because the Bible says, you know, it's written that he's not going to let anything happen to you. Right. And I read that and I go, dude, that's what these guys are saying to me. I'm not saying these guys are Satan, but what these guys are saying is if you believe God, then just just go do this thing without God. Right. Look, Micah, you're gonna go into evangelism. Dude, when God you when Pete when God told Peter, dude, come out to me on the water, God said, Come out to me. Right. Right. God, God is going to God is going to lead you into a step of faith, but it's him that leads you. And I realized, I go, man, as much as I just want to go, I'm like, what they do is they're asking me to just jump off this temple. Yeah. And Jesus says, and Jesus goes back to Satan and he goes, yeah, he goes, but it's also written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And I just right there, I felt like, man, you know, I mean, here's the thing, dude, you might make that jump and God, because he's good anyway, even though he didn't lead you to, might just take care of it. Right. But, you, you know, my kids might not survive the fall. Does that make sense? Right. Like, I, I might make that leap, but dude, if that's not a leap. If God didn't tell me to step out of that boat, then I just got to do what he wants. And and, and and we cover this in our podcast. I'm going to say this right now. Dude, I don't know everything about deputation. I don't know everything about it. But I know this. This is literally the one thing I can say I know. If somebody comes to you and tells you that there's literally only one way, that, like I know enough to know that that person does not really know what they're talking about. Right. Because right. some guys absolutely leads them to go take a job and work. Some guys, right. he leads them to raise full support. For us, dude, we raised like 65% of our support. And then Micah, all of a sudden, I'm just right there. I, I, I felt like really strongly, it's a feeling. You got to be careful with that. Right. But I felt like God was saying, look, it's, it's time. And I'm like, well, and I don't operate on feelings. So I go, okay. But it was strong for like a day or two, very strong. So I started praying about it and I fasted about it. And after a couple of days, dude, God just made it very clear. Like, look, it's time. And you're going to start having a Bible study. So I kept my meetings on Sundays, but we started Thursday nights in November of 2017, having a Bible study. And Mm -hmm. dude, it just, it just blew up. 
it just took off the very first meeting that we had at dunkin donuts quincy the city i'm in is where dunkin donuts started so we met in a dunkin donuts and just this group of people who through social media knew that we and we, we had a handful of people that were kind of waiting for us to get there and that's all god too because when we when we picked where we were going we knew nobody like literally not a single soul hmm. you know so god brought these people together we met at dunkin donuts and we just prayed i just said look i'm like i think god wants us to start a church here let's pray that god opens up a door while we were praying in that dunkin donuts okay this is why when god says stop you stop and you do it because we were praying that night and a local business guy overheard us and he goes, Hey, and he just said, he goes, he goes, I don't know much about starting a church. He goes, but I know a auditorium over here. And if you go in there and drop my name, they'll let you use it. And I'm like, okay. And you have in there. I dropped this guy's name. Next thing I know, dude, uh, right now we meet in a 300 seat auditorium and we we're, we're paying. Like when I started up, when, when I came off, it was like 65%. Yeah we pay like a 10th of what we thought the budget was going to be to lease a building. So actually we basically got to like a hundred and God right. goes, okay, you're done because I'm going to lead you. To this. It's right. God, it's God. God is amazing. Right. You know? Well, so. And I, I think a lot of times we don't get that when you're walking with God, the black line between faith and foolishness gets a lot thicker. It's really easy. <laughs> it's really easy to see. Because and, and you know just as well as I do, you, you probably went to Bible college with guys like this too. But we had a young, young man. I, I won't name his name for all my my GSBC alum friends that that, that know him. Um, but you know, first week of school, he missed class every day because he was staying up till two and three o'clock in the morning praying. He was trying to pray all the way through the, all through the night, but he couldn't stay awake that long. He'd fall asleep on his knees on his chair about two o'clock in the morning and wouldn't wake up for class. It's like that, that's that's awesome, man. But God brought you here to go to school. Be good if you went to class every once in a while. That, that's just one story from him. Um, and, and friends, don't populate the comments with all the all the other stories about this young man because we Donald all we all have them from that time frame. What's that? Is it Donald Savine? <laughs> no, 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 no. He, he actually predated me a little bit. But when you um, said class, I go, it's Donald. But then you said miss class to pray, and I said, no, it's it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't know Donald well enough to 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 joke about him like okay. that, but I, I I'll let you. Um, but uh, all all that to say, when you're when you're close when when you're close enough to God, it's it's you can see because I think a lot of people they get you know way too, they overbalance one way or the other. They're just you know let's go 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 even though God's not saying go, or they're just like they're stopped in one spot even though God is saying go. Um, sure. And so I think that's that's a good thing to point out because you kind of had both extremes there where people yeah. telling you to just jump, you no, know, and then some people would say you're a fool with sixty five percent. Where you 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 have the number God gave you that number, you know, two years ago. You need to get your number, right. or I should just listen to God and do what He wants me to do. Um, and and, and you figured that out, praise the Lord. And yeah. so, so you go ahead. No, I was just, I was just, totally yeah, yeah. So, so you said 2017, um, you, you're there. And so it's been, we're coming up on, well, two and, and you're pushing into the, into the okay. third year now, right? Yeah. It's coming up on two years. Praise the Lord. 2017, November, 2017, we started having a Bible study in March of 2018. We started meeting on Sunday because like I said, you know, right. November was when God said, stop. Well, I still had Sunday meetings booked. Right. And so I just like, okay, I stopped making calls. And so in March of 2018, we started having meetings. And then in October, 
October of last year, 2018, uh, we chartered the church with, I think, 17 or 18, like, charter members. Amen. So right now, you know, in a few weeks, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary of the church. Amen. And uh, it's awesome, dude. God is is good. God is faithful. And uh, it's, it's great. Do we actually, we don't have a baptistry. You know, we meet in an auditorium. We don't have a way to baptize people. Right. And, uh, but we're right next to the ocean. And right. uh, so we, you know, in the last, whatever it is, you know, in the last year, you know, the people that need to be baptized need to, we actually just like a week or so ago, we, we, I saw that post, yeah. and we just bat, we had, we had, you know, 10 people get baptized in the ocean. So it, it's, it's just, surreal it's surreal man you know from from literally from fasting and not knowing what god wants you to do in when you're you know across the other side of the country to raising like 10 people in the ocean you know a couple of years later it's it's you know all you can do is just sit there and go man god is faithful Amen. you know god is faithful right well and i appreciate and um the attitude that you have that even with the experiences you had that you're not this is the way to do it um, right. I, I think we'll get pigeonholed into into one or another and if you don't the same way i do then, you know we can't fellowship and so i appreciate the fact that you you still it appears to me still have the big eyes big ears mentality that i'm more than willing to learn from others um and, and, and take and, and like you said even you post something out and you take some criticism for it but but still understanding there's there's always a great truth and criticism so i'll take i'll take what i need to from it and tr- yep. and and tr- go on yeah you know i i think i'm kind of uh it, it's hard i you know not not having been pastoring for 20 years and so it's like I, I i still 36 you know i still feel like a guy sure you know i'm like yeah i'm like i'm, I'm a young guy uh on the other hand though, i was telling my wife we were talking about today like when i went to college you know, I remember there was uh, just this awesome guy on staff, Bill Ramos, uh, at the college I went to, man. And and I remember Brother Ramos just looking at that guy and going, man, that guy's like the man. Like, he loves God, this, this, this. Well, when I met Brother Ramos, dude, he was 36, 37. I remember telling him, I was telling him, I go, you know, I'm like, I think he was old, but I didn't consider Brother Ramos to be like a young guy either. Sure. You know, I think, uh, I think now I'm kind of, you know, I don't know how it works. You know, I know I don't know everything, and I know I'm never going to. But uh, on the other hand, though, you know, sometimes I don't really know how to say it other than just saying it. You know, when it comes to like criticism about stuff, you know, I I don't really struggle as much with people like criticizing like me or maybe something that I said because dude, mm-hmm. I dude, if I look, if I look back on my timeline, the stuff maybe I even posted a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, like, oh man, you know, like. <laughs> Like what an idiot! Yeah, he never said that. Uh, you know, but what I I do struggle with is I do struggle with people, you know, criticizing my friends, you know, and, and especially like young guys. Like I said, I don't consider myself necessarily to be a young guy, but I'm not an old guy either. I kind of like kind of like a journeyman. Like you're kind of like there and you know right. grind right now. Right. But uh, I do think this. I think that there's a lot of straw men on social media. I don't think most of the stuff that people post, whether it's politics, I mean, I'll say this, yeah, I live in Boston. It's all liberal and it's a cultural melting pot. And do when I get out on the streets and I tell people in the past for this, that like people aren't here, you know, I'm not out here getting bricks thrown at my head and stuff like, you know, people, you know, 
people are willing to talk with you and connect with you. It's not as bad as Fox News or NBC tells right. you. I think in the Christian realm, there's a lot of the same stuff. There's a lot of straw man arguments. People post that, and you wonder, like, is that real or is that just something that you think is happening? Because right. you know, when we look at what somebody's doing and we go, well, this is why they're doing it. We think we well, that's called evil surmising, and that right. that's, that's really big. That's a bad well, sin. Right, and, and then we get into the ad hominem. And, and um, we get into it attacking, you know, pe- people. And, and again, pe- going back to Patrick Wall, he says a lot of good stuff, so I can I can pull from it. But if, if we're going to attack those guys for what they did or didn't do, and especially right. when we try to tear guys down 20 and 30 years ago, you know David's issues, right? You know right. what Abraham did, lying right. about his wife being a sister and, and all this stuff, um, or, or at least misrepresenting the facts. And we have, you know, we couldn't have David in the preach in most churches because we're so we're so whatever about people's past and stuff. Um, you're exactly right. The straw man thing's got to go. The dominant thing's got to go because it doesn't further anything, much less the kingdom of God. Yeah. Well, not that we wouldn't. It wouldn't even be the issue that David, you know, slept with somebody's wife and killed him. We wouldn't have David in because he was dancing before the Lord. You know. <laughs> you know. Right. But whatever. You know. No. But uh, what I was trying. I'm trying to say is about being like old young and trying to figure out where sure. you're at you know uh i don't know man I, I i i think most most older guys that i know i guess i'm just blessed most of the older guys that i know dude are like four young guys and they want mm-hmm. young guys you know right. uh most of the young guys i know i don't know what old guys think young guys talk about but dude when i'm around with young guys i'm we're not Last, like the generation before us, Amen. dude. You know, look, I don't. When people sit here, they get down on like, you know, Jack Hiles. This, I don't, I don't know, man. Jack Hiles died before I was ever even saved. I don't know anything about Jack Hiles, but I know this, dude. When I got saved, I started listening to just a bunch of Jack Hiles sermons, and I know that it really helped my life. And I'll Amen. say this today: I'm an expository preacher. Like, I don't care if you preach. I have that guy who's like, hey, right. on. like, dude. My personal way is I just go through a passage and I, sure. you know, and I use a lot of it. So like, you know, honestly, like kind of totally different than my like sure. brother Hiles was, but man, I know that it, it, God really used that in my life. And right. so I think there's, a, I think most older guys are for younger guys. I think most younger guys are for help and whatnot, but right. I do think there are, there are some, you know, there are some guys that are just jerks. On all the stupid media. ones are the loud ones. That's a problem. Right. They get and, all the. FaceTime. I think I think I think what I'm saying is I think I'm starting to get to a place where uh, I feel old enough and confident enough to just start being like, hey, dude, like you're being a jerk, like just sure. enough, enough with this enough. Sure. Dude. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe hey, I shouldn't get into that stuff. But hey, no. Well, I, I, I think like you were saying, that's that's real. That's practical. That's what's going on. And yeah. Any of you, you, me and our friends, we can without saying this stuff. So it's real. And, and so it's, it bears talking about because it, it gets talked about digitally. You know, why can't we talk about it, you know, in person? And so sure. I, I think you're exactly right. Um, and, and I think we um, we kind of sweep some of that stuff because people are so unwilling to say things to people's faces. You know, they, they, they won't get called out in, in any sort of way. Um, and so sometimes when people are, you know, put in check, it, you know, it draws them short just a little bit. So I, I appreciate that. Well, you know, so, maybe that would be the cool ahead. thing doing this prayer meeting too, man, would be, you know, maybe, maybe if we, I don't know, wouldn't, wouldn't it be awesome man, if we had like a thousand preachers do just come to one place in the country and just pray together for two days. 
Do you, I mean, even if God didn't send revival, do you know what it would do for Christianity as a whole and for fundamentalism as a whole? You know, if we could get together and just pray with dudes who, you know, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's hard. I I don't know. I guess, I guess being on deputation for a couple of years and getting Mm -hmm. to travel around a lot, right? you know, it's, it's hard for me to like, you know, throw, I don't want to rocks at people anyway but it's hard to throw stones at somebody when you go i've been in this guy's church i've met this guy he's not he's not a jerk like i disagree with what he's saying but like i've talked with them and 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 you know i know we see people it's just you know i think when you haven't been afforded the luxury of getting to meet a lot of guys maybe Mm -hmm. it's easy to just go well this guy just doesn't love god and you know and it's like that's just not and that guy does love god you know And, and i don't know i just I think it'd be good for us to get out from behind the keyboards and get face to face and arm in arm and just pray and fast for a couple of days and just ask God to do something. Amen. And I don't know, man. I'm just, it's, it's on my mind a lot. I, right. I, I honestly, dude, if I had a facility to do that, man, if I, if I had a golden state or if I had a, whatever Paul chapel or, you know, Clark or any of the, if I, you know, if I had one of these big, beautiful buildings, man, I, I would do it like in a heartbeat. I'm just honestly, I'm sitting here this week and I'm trying to go like, where, where could I even do that at? Like, how could I do that? I don't have, I don't have the facility to do that. Sure. You know, but one day we will. And one Amen. day. So. Amen. Well, like you said, I mean, if it's been on your heart for a little while, you know, Lord's probably leading in, in somewhere or another, he'll open the door as he needs to. Um, it'd be awesome. I think it'd be great. Dude. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and and, and you know as well as I, you you've read after some of the same people. No great revival has ever come without without that without prayer like that. And so right. even acting like we're going to, or, or you know, I want revival, don't you? And everyone says Amen. Well, right. that's a bunch of bull if you're not actually, you know, doing yeah. something to make it happen. Well, and, and not only that too, but in the same idea, if you know, as so, when somebody would sit there and they'd go, well, you. I can like I can pray here and I don't need to travel to well yeah and and people didn't need to put sackcloth and ashes on to pray either but to right. God there there is something about showing God how serious you know that's part of what fasting is fasting is showing God God I'm serious about this and I'm serious right. enough to push away from food and I'm serious enough God to spend a couple hundred bucks on a plane ticket and I'm serious mm-hmm. enough to take time out and to do it I mean there, there's just something about humbling your and, and just being serious, you know, right. and, uh, you know, I don't know, man, I think it'd be cool. But like I right. said, we're right now, I'm literally just talking out loud. Yeah, so somewhere. No, I, I think, and I, I said this so many times, I probably said this about every podcast. I do this. I think there's, you know, nine, 10 people watching right now. And I appreciate those that are, if you get a chance to like and share it, please do. But I, I do this because it's a help to me. It stirs me yeah. up talking to guys like you. Um, but I was thinking recently, I was called called to the ministry. I know God put me where I'm at, but I really don't want to do this if I'm not going to do it with the power without the with the if I'm not going to do it with the power of God. You know, like you know, if your presence going out with me, what is the point, man? I had, we had an instructor, um, Langford Oxendine out at Golden State. Um, that's a, that's a name for you, Langford Oxendine. He was a former military guy. And, uh, you know, he, he taught Bible docs. And anytime there was a contradiction in the Bible, he'd say, is this a contradiction? Do we all need to just go home and drink beer now that, you know, we found a mistake in the Bible. And, uh, but you know, that's my thought, like, what's the, what is the point of living the life you and I live if we're not going to do it 
with with God, you know, yeah. just doing it, that's such a waste. Um, yeah. And so I, I think you're you're exactly right. And like you said, it's worth a shot. If yeah. if God's if God's done with America, then so be it. But let's go kicking into streaming. You know, right. let, let's 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 not go quietly into that great, as the poem says. Right. Uh, right. Well, let, and I'm not trying to look my kids in the eyes. I'm not trying to look my son in the eyes and, and go, yeah, I just gave it like a mediocre shot. But here, you live for God with all your heart. Like, no, I'm right. not. No, I'm not right. doing that. Going, right. you know. Yep, you're exactly right. And so we've kind of gotten into present day, and so what are so you have the church planner podcast? Talk talk a little bit about that for just a second. Uh, that's part of the, one of the reasons I I, I schedule with you. It's it's funny. I didn't. I knew of you through Nick before I even knew Nick, and so I. I, I that's why I asked. I seriously didn't even realize that you kind of were, you know, headed that direction before him and all in the Northeast. Um, but kind of talk through how that came to be and, and um, yeah, promo that for a little bit. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, how it came to be was, man, I, we just, Nick and I just felt burdened, like God wanted us to do something. And, you know, when you're a planner, uh, you know, I think you know, we're always, Pastors, we're always trying to build something, right? We're trying mm -hmm. to build people. You know, we're trying to build whatever, a Christian school or remodel that. We're always trying to build and grow and improve. And well, the thing about being a church planner is, man, you don't even own a building. So there's no building project and there's no, you know, and, uh, you know, I just, we just, I felt we felt burdened. And he and I kept talking and we had a couple different ideas of things like, well, what if we, what if we did this, like, you know, for, for teenagers or what if we, you know, and, uh, then one day, you know, I think Nick and I were, we were, I know what it was. Nick and I were praying every Friday, Nick and myself and a couple other like area pastors uh, and Christian guys here in Boston, we just get together. And on Friday we pray from about 12 to two. And then from like two to three, whichever city we're in, we'll hop around, whatever, you know, if we're in your city, we're going to come pray with you for a couple hours. And then we're going to go winning for an hour and we'll bounce from location to location around the greater Boston area. And so we were together and we were burdened about it. And uh, we started to bounce around the idea. And uh, I know this, I've had a lot of guys that'll call and, you know, the, or they'll DM me or they'll tweet at me or whatever. And uh, Facebook message me and they'll say, Hey, you know, uh, I'm praying about starting church. You know, what do I need to know? And so I found myself, that's a long text message back. There's, you know, there's only like, you know, so. Right. So there's all these things that like need to be said, like, well, Hey, you know, you got to do this. And if you're going to, you know, there's a lot to say. And so we found our, I found myself at least like repeating myself a lot with guys. You know what, dude, I thank God. I thank God that like, man, you know, any, any guy is, is, is there somebody watching this, man? If you, you go, man, I think God might want me to start a church. Do you reach out to me? Man, I, I have time for stuff like that. And I want, Again. man, I want God to use my life. And I want guys to start, and I want people to be saved. And I want God to get glory. So I, I don't have a problem doing that. But Nick and I started to realize, man, we're repeating ourselves a lot. Right. And, right. you know, so it, every guy that calls, that's like a three-hour phone call. You know, so if that happens, you know, 10 times, you're talking like 30, 40 hours of right. like saying the same stuff. For so sure. we thought, man, what if if we started a podcast where we kind of put all that information and then on top of it, you know, because uh, in the last couple of years, man, God's just really blessed me with the ability to meet and become friends with a lot of 
guys around the country uh, who have started churches, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could interview these guys? And uh, so that's kind of how it got started. And he and I started praying about it and bouncing ideas off of each other. And really quick, it developed into the, you know, the church planting roundtable, we call it. And uh, it's sweet, man. We have, we have th- like a few different formats for episodes. You know, we have, we have discussions, uh, just like you and I are having now. Right. Uh, well, a little bit different. We'll have a discussion. And those, you know, so far, those have been about like 40, 45 minutes. Sure. Uh, we, we have two different interviews. So far, we've interviewed Phil Rizzo, uh, uh-huh. City Baptist Church in New Jersey. And then I, we also interviewed Krista Giacomo who is a church planter up in the North shore of Boston. And uh, so each of those interviews are about an hour long. But then after that, what we did, we, we, we started a bunch of like workshops and the workshops are all like 15 to 20 minutes. Awesome. And they are about a very specific topic, right? So a work, one of the workshops might be, you know, getting an, an a EIN or an employee identification number. Mm-hmm. Now you got to have an EIN if you're going to open a bank account up for your church, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we have one about like 501c3. Like, do I need to do that? If I want to do that, how do I? So we pick a very specific thing and then we nail it for like 15, 20 minutes. That's great. And the nice thing about it, what we're hoping is this. I'm hoping that if there's a dude somewhere and maybe he's in college or he's a pastor or, you know, just somebody who's busy. Right. Right. And they want to know about that. Well, now you can scan down through however many dozens of workshops. Yeah. You can literally pick the, the, the thing that you're interested in. And instead of fishing through an hour long interview, you right. can pick out that one thing and you can definitely listen to it on your lunch break at work. You can listen yeah. to it probably while you drive somewhere. Yep. And so the idea was to put all this into one place and that's, think we've been able to do we're still working on it but we're gonna start october 1st every tuesday we're gonna come out with a new episode if not maybe even an episode and a workshop but uh you know we're gonna have new stuff new content almost every single tuesday it's gonna start october 1st so that's just two weeks from now and uh man i'm excited for it. we're starting off we're starting out with like eight to ten episodes amen uh, so it's gonna be good said it's new stuff every week and it's not just for like church planters it's for anybody man we we talk about like hey every guy we interviewed i'll say this if you're a pastor watching or an assistant pastor and you go well i'm not even a church planner every guy that we interview we kind of ask them some of the same questions we always ask them like what has worked and what like hasn't worked sure it's really interesting getting those answers from guys you know, one of them, Phil Rizzo goes, man, you know, what really worked for me was he goes starting like a men's breakfast. He goes, where I was able to just spend more time just with the men in my church. And uh, honestly, he told me, he said that a few weeks ago, I just started doing it. I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. I started doing it and I'm already seeing like the guys in my church that I've been praying for and going, man, when is this guy going to like step up? The very right. first week we had a men's breakfast, dude, one of those guys stepped up, led a guy to the Lord, and then I was able to plug him in. And it was just, and I remember that day sitting there going, wow, like by faith. Like I did this thing by faith. I didn't even know if he was going to show up to it. And God right. just took it and blessed it. So I think it's going to be a real big help to you, whether you're a church planner or you're just looking for some fresh ideas. Right. You know, I think it's going to be a huge help. Well, I, think, I think there's a lot to be said for, um, I, I follow a few different guys that, that are that are pretty wise and in, in you know, what we call it marketing. That, that's a that's a curse word to some to some people. That's fine, but that I, that idea about the outsider sees the foolishness of some things that we do, 
but also sees sees new ways to do things that you that you and I or, or and I'll be blunt. I've been in church my entire life. I have a different life story that than you do, and so but also a church planner who is at the end of his rope trying to figure out how am I going to plug all these holes, you know, in the right. ship with just my ten fingers. It's never going to happen. You get inventive. And you figure some stuff out that a guy that's been just plug that's been plugging away faithfully in a place for 15, 20, 30 right. years won't see because they have we have a church budget. We do our you know church business meeting. We do these things. It's been rolling on. We're fine. Yeah, we had a church split five years back, but everything's good. And, you know, you don't you don't feel the same um, right. itch to to try things. You're not displaced. You're not stirred up. Um, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. You know, do do right. what you do. Um, but I, I think there's a lot of things that you guys will point out. I'm sure that guys would be like, why didn't I think of that? Well, you weren't, you weren't in a position. It's not a knock against you, but you guys no, have it, an opportunity it, to point it, things it's out. Not, not a knock, not at all. And, uh, you know, I think one of the virtues of being a church planner is dude, you're hungry. Your back is against the wall. You know, like four missionaries, man, you'll have missionary come to Zambia and your church votes mine. They go, we're going to support this guy forever. But you know, you get somebody going to like Boston to start a church Right. And uh, you go, hey, you got 24 months, dude. And that's what <laughs> right. he's so, definitely going to be fine in two years. Right. He won't need so any money after that. So church planners are hungry and they're motivated and they're, right. you know, there's, you know, and, and not only that, too, but I think maybe somewhere else, people might more people than not might be able to really connect with it is, you know, uh, and it's not, dude, I don't, man, I'm, I don't knock. And believe me, I don't knock anybody and I'm not going to say anybody's name, but right. you know, I think sometimes we go to like big meetings. You, well, you got guys pastoring big churches, speaking at big meetings. Well, dude, mm -hmm. like I love Paul Chapel, but you know what? I mean, and, and, and it's not true. I know when Paul Chapel started his church, when I'm reading his spiritual leadership book, he goes, I, I knocked 500 doors a week for like a year and a half. That was his sure. whole, like, dude, I read that and I go, that's what I'm going to do here. And that's just what we do. We throw it out and God's blessing it, you know, but like maybe a guy who's in pastoring a, like a mega church for 20 years might, might not understand like what I need here. Like they right. understand, dude, we got to walk with God and we got to be spirit, right. you know, but like the actual nuts and bolts, like if I, I'm just saying, right. if I, and, like, and if, we can be blunt 1990 and 2000 are different from 2020. Sure. It's different. It, it, it is. And yeah. and I think we all can understand that. In California is different than Boston, is mm -hmm. different than Tennessee, is different. Dude, you know, I make fun of people down south all the time, you know, just because uh, it's like the thing, you know, I, I love doing that and they make fun of me too. And so that's fine. I have friends down there. But man, I'll say this. I was down south. Uh, dude, I was down south. Where was that? I was, I was in South Carolina at uh, Steve Cox's church like two years ago. And dude, I went, I knocked on some doors down there. I was inviting people to church down there. That's what it was. Like I took some of their tracks, you know, when you're in a church, dude, if right. you're not, a, if you're a bum missionary, I guess you don't do this. But if, if you, if you're a man of God, I feel like you take tracks from the church you're at and you try right. to get people in the church and man, every single person I talked to, like every time I was in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, I talked to people, everybody is like, yeah, my dad's a Baptist pastor. I have a dude sitting there with like a lip full of like snuff telling me how his granddaddy's a Baptist pastor and he right. knows everything about the Bible. And I'm like, so I go, where do you go to church at? And they're like, uh, and honestly, I kind of look at that and I go, dude, like, so dude, you know, that's not, we're not facing that up here. Right. Dude, up here, people are blunt. 
Like that's, you know, down South, they'll tell you like, Oh, I'll be there tomorrow. They're not going to show up, you know, up here, right. dude, people will just cuss you out. But if they say they're going to be there, dude, there's like a nine out of 10 chance they're going to be there, you know? So everywhere is different. Times certainly right. change. And I think that there's a lot of just really helpful stuff that'll be there. That'll be helpful to people. And, 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 and you know, if, if the shoe fits, put it on, if it works, it works. Hey, if that's not something that works, then don't do it, whatever you want. But we just, sure. we think we're really praying. It'll just be a blessing to people, you know? Amen. Amen. Well, we're, we're hitting on, I think almost an hour and 15 minutes here. And uh, I greatly appreciate you taking the time. It's yeah. been, I, I think, and I always like these ones where I feel like we could just keep talking and talking and, oh, yeah. and, 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 and kick it off and, and the knowledge that we need to have another one of these at some point. But um, for those that are li listening, please subscribe as soon as it's, it's, it's out, hit it. I assume we on the normal podcast sites and uh, Apple, all that stuff. Yeah. It'll be on, you know, be on Apple and Stitcher and all that good stuff awesome and, uh, so other subscribe stuff. to that listen to it and like you said maybe you don't have an hour if you're watching right now maybe you do have an hour because you're still listening to this one but that's one of the great things about those little nuggets that you're going to have 15 minutes and and like you said i mean if it's not something you need right now then then you know sure bypass it but right. pick the ones you do need but if you do and and refer it to somebody uh because right. i think there's a lot of churches they do things um just because they haven't heard anything any different so let your pastor know about it say hey you know and maybe it's a resource he can direct you know so his young mentors and and things like that i think it'll be great and that's one of the great tools of things about podcasting is the fact that it's on demand you don't have to go to pay, pay a bible college to go to it not that i'm against that right. but you don't have to do that you can just pick it up anytime. You, you gonna say something? No, I, I'm just I'm totally agreeing with you, man. I think I think podcasts are an awesome medium. I know that, uh, dude. I got people in my church, and they're you know, and and they're getting saved. I, I have a lady who I uh, I have a lady who got saved a few you know, I mean, like a month or two ago. And uh, dude, she she asked me. She's like, Pastor, I just she she just wants to know more about the Bible. But she she works. She she she's an insurance. Uh, salesperson and she works like crazy and travels and I love the fact that I can sit here and I can go man you should listen to this guy's podcast and this guy's podcast right. and you know like and right out the gate you know because she she goes oh I want to listen to like preaching or I want to listen to the bible be taught and I'm like well you know like this guy down here I'm you know I told her I go you know I'm like Kurt Skelly is like one of the best bible teachers I've ever heard in my life I'm like you can listen to that guy's podcast I'm like or I'm like you know here's Scott Pauly here right. you know and you can sit here and just point them to all these different podcasts you know and uh you know let it be let it be a blessing to them you know right. I, I love it I think we live in a time dude where you and I, in our lifetime, we have, there, there is so much potential, you know, uh, and, and, and we need to, we need to thank God for all the guys that went before us in those principles, you mm -hmm. know, there, there was principles that I'm sure that John R. Rice lived by that if John R. Rice had Facebook, he would live by the same principles. Maybe he wouldn't, I don't know how he would do it, but I know <laughs> this dude, we have a, we have a great medium and a great ability to be able to connect with people and to do things. And I just, I want to take the full advantage of it and use it for God's glory. So. Amen. Well, I always ask, and it can be spiritual or otherwise, but any last words for the thousands of people that are probably watching right now? Uh, any, any, any last words before we sign off in a moment? Man, you know, I don't know. I, I guess if there was this one thing, you know, I would just say, man, Jesus Christ, living for Jesus Christ is the best decision I've ever made in my entire life. Amen. And just living full out and just don't be on the fence. Do you read your Bible, walk with God every day. 
Dude, right. whether you're a pastor or not, man, we ought to be praying for one to two hours a day. Dude, you start you start praying for two hours a day, man. You just it's you know, man, just love God with all your heart. Who love knows? You might you might start a church in Boston if you do something like that. Dude, come to Boston. Seriously. Man. If you, if anybody's watching this and you have and you go, I don't know what God wants, dude, would you pray about coming up here? Dude, we need people up here. Even if you're not called to preach, dude, we need just we need solid Christians Amen. from around the country. Look, we can't we can't sit. I love the Midwest. I'm from the Midwest, but we can't sit in in the Midwest and watch watch the coasts right. just fall into hell and watch right. Fox News and complain about the way things are going. Well, dude, don't sit back on your hands. You know, Donald Trump isn't the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. And you need right. to get out here where people are that think differently than you. And you need to tell them the answer. You need to tell them about Jesus Christ. Right. Dude, Boston, we need help, man. We need Amen. we need people to come out here. So. Amen. Well, I greatly appreciate again you taking the time. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. I've, I've enjoyed. Yeah. I, I said I enjoy talking to people that are passionate. It's pretty pretty easy to figure out that you're passionate about ministry, and that's why I talk to, to guys like you because um, we could talk sports, we could talk a whole lot of stuff for the same amount of time, but it would be kind of useless in the light of eternity. And so, uh, um, sure. but I, but I, I do want to say this though: the Patriots are definitely going to win the Super Bowl again this year. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Anybody who thinks otherwise is fooling Dude, themselves. If, We're gonna if, see if they figure this. out, and we'll we'll, fin we'll finish with this. Um, <laughs> if if they figure out their off their offensive line with the little holes they got right now, yeah, better the best of the league. Better watch out. And all serious, I I saw a couple of people say that they they're they're more scared of this team than they were the 07 Patriots, which Good. is kind of nuts. And well, and I guess it remains to be seen, but. I mean, if, if A.B. can stay on the field and all this stuff, it's going to be fun to watch for me as a Patriots fan for the rest yep. of the league. Another year of Belichick and Brady laying right. waste. Right. But who knows? They'll probably get taken down by somebody. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see what the Lord has uh, for the Patriots. Yeah. But <laughs> but I would, I'm would. i hoping I'm hoping it's not the Eagles. It, you know, oh. Eagle, as long as not the Eagles or Giants, somebody else would be nice. I just don't – you know what? I just – I don't want it to be the Cowboys because if the Cowboys win a Super Bowl, I mean, if you want to talk about an irrelevant fan base of people oh, that just constantly live in the past, dude, the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, dude, those guys, you know. So well, uh, I, I, heard I, I think people, if the Patriots do do get over on, if they win, they have what? I think they have the most Super Bowls of all time at that point, right? They yeah, pass, yeah. They're past the think, Steelers, well, right? I, I, the Steelers have six or eight. The, the Steelers have six, so they're they're tied. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they can get they can get that. Um, yeah, that that'd be nice. I, I take that. What's that? Steelers are done, man. Big, yeah. Big out for the whole year. Well, I, mean, I I saw someone just post that Roethlisberger took over for was it Maddox, and they went fifteen and one with him in his first year. So maybe it's time for a change in the guard. He's got to retire at some point. He doesn't. He's sure. he's been broken down multiple times. So we'll see. Sure. Um, but well, I, I have the uh, the Browns game pause, so nobody spoil it for me. I'm gonna have to go up right. there and, and fast forward through it and see what Baker Mayfield does here shortly, um, and all that. But hey, stick around for just saying it if you would, brother Brown, sure, and uh, we'll uh, we'll sign off here. This has been Mike McCurry Live number 34. Can't believe we're up that high. But make sure you check out you call it the Church Planners Roundtable or what's the exact yeah, name? Church Planners Roundtable. 
man, Nick White is going to kill me. It's at like CP underscore table or at okay. CP table on all of our social media. So okay. you can find it there. Uh, and, and, and I probably ahead of the game. got it wrong. I probably just got it wrong, man. You know, but uh, whatever. Oh, well, you just look it, it it's up. Right. Well, maybe, maybe what we'll do is we'll come back and we'll link it down in the comments or, or in the description when it, when it's officially live on the website and all that so people watching afterwards can find it. Uh, and I'll make sure I share it out. But I uh, greatly appreciate it. And for those that are watching, um, I appreciate you folks as well. And we'll sign off now after – over an hour and 15 minutes. This has one, been one of the longer ones in a while, but there's so much to be said. We'll, we'll pick that up at some point in the future. But thanks so much. 